0: My name is Chad Hoover. My name is Brandon Overstreet.
1: My name is Russell Gillen.
0: My name is Alfonso Jack.
1: My name is Lisa Bennett.
0: I'm Jack Snore. Cody Prater here. My name is Matt Ball. My name is Johnny Carter. My name is James Bush. My name is Luke Stocking. My name is Jeff Jones. I'm Brian
1: My name is Jeff Hodge. My name is Kevin Franklin.
0: My name is Jamie Clancy. My name is Ronnie Ellaby. My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Faith in Fishing podcast, bringing you the stories of how God is working in and through fishermen from all around the fishing community. Wait, what? Back to back episodes? It's not a mistake. Like I said yesterday, we had a couple of guests who had time-sensitive information to share with y'all, and today the Bass Minister is going to be giving us the very first Faith and Fishing exclusive. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm your host, Cam, and before we jump into the episode, as always, I want to give a big shout out to 413 Lure Company and a Savior Outdoors And as always, make sure to use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% off of your purchase at Save Your Outdoors. And like I said yesterday, if you want to save $10 off your first Mystery Tackle Box, there will be a link in the show notes to do that as well. So like I said earlier in the intro, I have the Bass Minister himself on the show today. You can find him on Instagram or on YouTube at BassMinisterD. He's Dwayne Wynn, and we've got that interview right after this. The Faith in Fishing podcast is sponsored by 413 Lure Company. 413 Lure Company is a family-owned and operated business that puts Christ first and does things the right way, which shows in the way they treat their customers and in the quality of the products they're putting out. Their spinner baits, buzz baits, swim jigs, bladed swim jigs, and football jigs are made with really high-quality components and come in a huge range of colors. Check out the show notes to follow a link to 413 Lure Company on Facebook to see their line and place your order today. Hey y'all, just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my friends over at Savior Outdoors. Savior makes retrieval devices for fishing rods, action cameras, and bow fishing bows to give you peace of mind out on the water. Attach this out-of-the-way compact float on your gear, and when, not if, it ends up in the water, it releases a float so you can get it back. And reload kits get your device ready for your next outing. Head on over to SaviorOutdoors.com, that's S-A-V-U-R Outdoors.com, to learn more, and hit the shop tab, and use promo code FNFP15 to save on your order. Dwayne, man, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm excited uh, to be on the show. Um, I'm always excited to talk about um, faith, um, and especially my faith, um, just because there's, you know, there's always a testimony behind it.
1: Absolutely, man, and uh, we're excited to have you, and uh, so to get us started, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us a little bit about who you are, and about Bass Minister D.
0: Alright, okay, so my name is Dwayne Wynn, uh, I'm 45 years old, I'm married, I have a 17-year-old son um, that is a freshman in college, I'm from Lockhart, Texas, which is just south of Austin, uh, and I come from a big family. There are nine of us. I'm the youngest of nine. And so um, Lockhart has about 15,000 people in it now. When um, I was growing up, it had about 8,000 people. Uh, I went to a, a, our, our high school was a 4A high school, which is, um, was the second highest uh, enrollment classification, you know, just to put some some reference around it. Um, little bitty town, we had four life, you know, country. Small time, uh, central Texas life, you know, it's south of Austin. And so um, the dynamics of the town that I grew up in is, is, is pretty balanced, you know. Um, it's pretty equally as far as um, racially, you know, it's whites, blacks, and Hispanics. And so it was, it was pretty diverse and, uh, yeah, just your typical little country town, um, and country town life. Um, my dad was a union carpenter. Um, we have property out in the country, you know, um, just to get to, to the fishing. Um, you know, we, we had 10 acres and my brothers are cowboys and growing up, my dad had cows, horses, pigs, chickens. We had a stock tank, um, and then the house that I grew up in, uh, it was a sh- one street off of the city park in Lockhart, uh, and that city park has a creek, um, that runs through it that also feeds a pond. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up, you know, in, in Lockhart, Texas and, uh, small town, uh, country life and, uh, yeah, road horses, the whole nine, grew up fishing, uh, stock stock tanks is what we call them tanks um and uh, but yeah I lived in that creek and in and, and the pond that that's in the park you know where I grew up at I, I lived lived literally lived in that water I spent my adolescence um, I was always forced to be outside and so if I wasn't on the basketball court, um, then I was in the creek or I was fishing literally, like that's literally how I came up from the time I was about seven or eight. Um, the, you know, like I said, I lived a street off of the city block. I mean, off the city park. Um, and so it was just a, you know, three or four minute walk to the park and there's a basketball goal and there's a, a flowing creek, um, that ran through it. It's actually a tributary off of clear fork. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's my fishing background is from growing up, um, living in that creek and, and fishing in that creek and fishing in the pond in the city park. And, you know, the, when you, you grew up in the country, I don't know if it's like this where you, where you live at, you know, you know, people, um, people that some maybe sell produce or garden or people that sell cows or people that sell hay and they have, property or private tanks and so yeah um that that's where my fishing background comes from um just yeah growing up like
1: that for sure and uh so tell us about um tell us about your instagram and your youtube channel and and what you're what you're doing over there
0: okay and so um just to piggyback on where i left off from um so my parents I'm both passed away. Well, my dad passed away in November last year. Um, just from natural causes and old age, he actually had Alzheimer's and had had a stroke and then had another stroke in his sleep. Um, my mother died, uh, 18 years ago, um, to cancer. We were, they raised me in the church. My parents were deacon and deaconess and the church that I grew up in, it was a missionary Baptist church, um, out in the country, right around the corner from our property. Um, and pretty much my entire family was born and raised in that church. Um, my dad being the main deacon throughout the history of that church. Um, and so that in itself is a different lifestyle when your parents, you know, and it's a little church. And so like, yeah, we always had to open the church. You know, I, I taught Sunday school when I was a kid because our church had a small membership. Um, there's just so much good that came from growing up like that. But, and so my mom being deacon and deaconess, in a missionary Baptist church in a small church and my dad being the main deacon. Um, and it, a lot of times the only deacon. And in fact, he built the, the church building that there now, he built it. Um, like I referenced earlier, he was a carpenter by trade. And so I, I grew up, um, in, in Baptist church. Um, and I grew up going to Sunday school and morning service and a lot of times afternoon service. Um, I, like you heard me say, I have a big family. There's nine of us. I'm the youngest. I have uh, quite an age gap between me and my oldest sibling. And so I have some nephews and nieces that were, we were raised like brother and sister because they're closer to my age than my actual sister or brother, their parents. Right. Um, and so I, we grew up in the church and I, I grew up in the church. Uh, and that's where my religious background comes from. Um, I don't, Identify with the denomination at this point, um, religiously. Um, but yeah, my background is definitely a missionary Baptist church. You know, if you were to ask me, I would tell you, I believe in Jesus Christ, God, the Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and I do, of course, I, I, I attend several churches actually on due to technology and, being able to go to church online, especially now that we're in the pandemic. Um but but to answer your question more directly. So you asked me about my YouTube and my Instagram. I had to give you a background of where my faith comes from before I can answer that question because that's where that's going. So sure. I came um to to Instagram, I was I, I met a, a local fisherman here and the Dallas-Fort Fort Worth Metroplex um, uh, through Fishbrain, the Fishbrain app, app. So I moved up here from, I grew up in Lockhart, Texas. I was in the Air Force for um, three years, stationed in San Antonio. Um, after I got out of the Air Force, I ended up living in San Antonio for another 14 years. Um, and so before I moved up to where I live now, which is right outside of, of, uh, Fort Worth, um, and Mansfield, um, I was living in San Antonio. And so I've been living up here now eight years. Um, and when I moved up here, I had to find, you know, places to fish. And so that led me to the fish brain app. I was already, you know, using Google maps to find places to fish um but then I got on the fish brain app and I met a local fisherman um I I would always see him posting he would see me posting we interacted and we met and after we met we met last year in May he was already on Instagram and he was already on he was already doing YouTube and so when I when I met him we, we went fishing together and we had a good vibe And so we start fishing together all of the time Um, and he just encouraged me, um, he, he exposed me to the Instagram fishing community, uh, and he encouraged me to, um, start a YouTube channel. Um, and he was our relationship fishing wise, like when he, when he exposed me to Instagram community, he inspired me to share my, my knowledge, my fishing wisdom with the community. He felt like it was somewhere that I fit in. Um, and I would have to totally agree. Like I didn't know that the, the fishing community existed on Instagram and it's certainly become my family. You know, I, I started back in May and I've, I've got about 3,200 um, followers. Uh, and I'm really into it. I, I enjoy interacting, um, with people. Um, and initially it was, it started as just something to share. Um, my fishing wisdom with the community and my fishing pictures, of course, but it goes beyond just pictures, you know, just sharing information and wisdom. But then um, I started to get more comfortable with myself. He encouraged me to start making my own videos and so I bought me a harness and, and started recording my 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 fishing with my iPhone. Um, and, um, so I started, I had no intentions at this point of doing a YouTube. So I, I got on Instagram in May, May 25th. Um, in June, I got my harness. I started recording my fishing, um, with my iPhone. And so I would post little videos, you know, um, the IGTVs and then the little one minute ones, you know, um, releases yes. just because he inspired me to do that, even though he was doing videography, but he wasn't doing necessarily cast to catch. Um and it, it was just something that that grew and morphed and I I enjoyed it. It I mean, I enjoyed sharing my catches. Um and so, um June, July, you know, I'm I'm running around my iPhone and making these videos and stuff and in August, he started poking me, you know, to create a YouTube channel. Um, And then uh, finally in September, I decided to go ahead and create the YouTube channel. And when I initially created the YouTube channel, I named it, I initially named it Set the Hood D's Gospel of Bath. The reason why is because YouTube wouldn't let me name it Gospel of Bath. That's what I wanted to name it. Just because I love gospel music. I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, like, yeah, it speaks to my, my background, uh, and my foundation and faith. And so, but YouTube wouldn't let me name it gospel of bath. And I, I didn't have enough common sense to just think about putting V in front of it, which is why the name changed. So it was my handle, initial handle on Instagram was Seth the Hook V. And my my original name for my YouTube channel was Stephen Hadid's Gospel of Bath. I dedicated the channel um, to my parents who raised me to be the man that I am. Um, and I say that because my Instagram became a platform to where I could spread positive vibes. But there was no way I could spread positive energy without being transparent about my faith because that's where my positive energy comes from. Right. Um, and so I'm a person that, I, I, fishing is a hobby. It's something that I love to do. I'm passionate about it. Um, I would love to get, get paid to fish professionally in any capacity. Um, I don't want to make lures. Um, but I would love to be on a fishing show or to work for a company to be sponsored by a company or to do tournament fishing. Like, yeah, I would love to to try my luck at professional fishing, um, fishing uh, career. It's funny to say because I'm 45, my son just graduated and I, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life because my life's been committed to my son and my wife. Um, and fishing's just kind of been on the back burner. I have another passion. You heard me reference that I started teaching Sunday school when I was a little kid. It's another passion of mine is teaching. Um, And so I've coached youth basketball and football since my son was seven. So for 10 years, uh, I had been coaching um youth basketball, Um, eventually to the point to where I was coaching 16- and 17-year-olds um, on the AAU National Circuit. Um, over the past couple of summers and um, spring, my time have been occupied uh, with coaching basketball teams, which so that's the prime time for fishing is in in spring, April and in summer, in June and July, and so those are the main months um, when uh, basketball recruits can be seen, and so that kind of took up that time, and so when I retired from from coaching, which had been filling up the majority of my free time. It was then that I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my extra time. And it's funny how God works and how everything lines up, you know? And so I actually started praying to God about my purpose and, you know, what direction to go with my life. Fast forward, I'm on Instagram and now I have a platform. And so I can see, i I can see purpose in it, I can see though okay like this is a place where I can share my faith um which is ultimately my goal, like you know is like if I had one goal in life, it's to try to grow the kingdom of God you know i, I know where I'm going when I die i want i't I, I want <laughs> I want everybody else to be there you know like the reality is that i mean everybody's not going to be there let's just be real but yeah um my conviction and jesus christ you know makes me want everybody to be saved um and to be convicted and to understand um what salvation is um and what it's about um and for it to govern our behaviors and so that is the purpose of my Instagram. And so when when I, I didn't give all of this so much thought at the time, and so, you know, like I didn't think of the Gospel of Bass. That's why I was Stephen Hook D, Gospel of Bass. But then when I realized I could just change it to the Gospel of Bass, I changed it to Gospel of Bass. I changed my Instagram handle from Stephen Hook D to, Min- to Bass Minister D just because I didn't want my handle to reflect upon me selfishly I'm like that's not why I'm on Instagram I'm not on Instagram to be famous I'm not on YouTube to be famous um no that's not what it's about for me like it's about trying to help other people see God and the best way for people to to see to to believe that there is a God is to see him and your actions and the way that you live Um but that requires transparency well I mean I've always been a real transparent person so I don't have a no problem with that and I started to understand how I could do that using my stories and my Instagram Um fast forward I'm doing these videos I've got the YouTube channel I started in September and at first you know it, it was like an entertainment thing I, I'll be honest with you it really was just entertainment. It was, you know, just me capturing my catches. But I that wasn't satisfactory to me because that's not who I am. And so this is why, uh, another reason why I changed the name, my handle. Um, like, yeah, I didn't like that reflection. I, I'm not an ordained minister. Uh, I am saved. I have been baptized. Uh, um, but ministry is part of my calling in life. And when I say that, like part of my calling in life is sharing some of the traumatic life experiences that have shaped me to be the person that I am. It's in those traumatic experiences where I've been closest to God because in the Bible, I mean, it says, you know, like God's strength is made whole in our weaknesses, you know? Um, And so Um, it wasn't satisfactory for me to dedicate my YouTube channel to my parents and for it to just be about entertainment. And so that's why I changed the name and changed my handle. Um, And going forward, you know, there will be sessions where, like, I'm just having TED Talks, just sharing past experiences um, from a testimonial perspective, um, just so people can understand the depth of my faith um, and how it's been tested, and how I know that God is real. Um, and beyond that, you know, it's also a place where I can capture um, some neat experiences, fishing, and, and share those with other people. The funny thing about it is, there's a connection with faith and fishing to me that is so deep, and it's because. When I, when I got older, I started to get out of the confines of being a missionary Baptist Christian, if that makes sense to you. Right. Um, I, I, I didn't like being in that box. And so I started to study the different denominations and what the differences were. Um, and what I found is that Um, for me, yeah, I can't say that I'm a Baptist. Like, what makes a person a Baptist, the way that they see, um, theology as it relates to to Jesus Christ, um, and formalities in church, I didn't fit into that box. Too much formality, um, that... And I, I just in my faith I grew outside of that. And so I started to explore other other denominations. Um and so now I don't I don't relate with any denomination. Like both of the online churches that I'm a member of, they're non denominational. Like the Potter's House, Bishop T D. Jakes is not denominational. Um and well the other one, New Birth. Um, is a Baptist church, you know, but the minister or the pastor of New Birth is radical. Like he's super radical. He doesn't he doesn't have a Baptist background. Um, he actually has a Pentecostal background, and so I don't get so much into denomination um, when it comes to faith. You know, I get that some people don't believe that they're, and I don't even know how to say this you know, correctly, like the three entities of God. Like that's the way that I look at it. Like God is singular. God is God. But he has three forms. Jesus Christ was his natural earthly form. And the Holy spirit of the Holy ghost. It's his other form, which exists still. That's the part that governs us the Holy Spirit. That's the part that we feel. And, and, but people argue about that, you know, and I, and I get that, you know, um, I'm not here to debate with anybody. That's just what I believe. I believe they're all the same, that God, the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost is all the same person. There's three different entities. Um, that's what makes most sense to me logically. Um, and so that's how I relate, like, if you're going to relate me to a denomination. Um, and so my, my YouTube channel is like, yeah, like I said, that's, that's what it's about. And that's what I'm about on Instagram. Um, I've met a lot of neat people on Instagram. I started to realize the power of just spreading positive energy. Um, I started to, I have a great understanding of influence. Um, I've been through a lot of trauma in my life, a lot of trauma. Um, and so the trauma, through that trauma, it, it helps shape some of my gifts. And so one of my gifts, like, you know, you heard me reference is teaching, teaching and ministry go together, you know, and, Like when I say ministry, it's just me sharing my experiences in life um as it relates to God and how I know that God is real. Like I I mean because I have real life experiences with him, you know, and I got off on a tangent I didn't mean to, but um (laughs) faith and fishing go together for me because when I got out of the confines of formal faith like having to do everything the way that it is, uh, in, in the Bible, like, um, literally, um, things such as like circumcision, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a good example of, of a formality that we now know that a lot of people don't feel like that's necessary, like for you to be circumcised to get to heaven. I certainly don't like, yeah. Um, and so when I got out of the restrictive box of, those formalities, I, I start to to get closer to God because I I spent a lot a long period of my life away from God. Like I grew up in the church, I went to the Air Force when I was 18 years old. I was stationed in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I went to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, I spent 110 days there. Um, spent some time in Germany and some a couple of different other places. During this time period, um, which is this is 94 to 1997, I got away from God. So once I got in the military, I'm my own man, and so nobody has to make me go to church. And then I live on base, and so like yeah, there's chapels and stuff, but it just wasn't. I was out of my comfort zone growing up in a small little bitty missionary Baptist church, you know, and so big churches frightened like especially mega churches. Like I grew up in a small town, less than ten thousand people. So when I went to the Air Force and got stationed in San Antonio, like I, I'd been to San Antonio before, I'd been to Dallas before. I've been to uh I spent a lot of time in Austin. But living there as a grown person, like yeah, that was a kinda of, kind of a culture shock, you know. Um and so uh, sure. I said all that to say this. I, I got away from God. I stopped going to church. And I got away from God. I got went to the military and spent three years in the Air Force and got out of the Air Force. And my experience in the military was a great experience, but it um, wasn't always a positive experience. Um, and so it was a great experience, but I went through some traumatic things while I was in there. While I was in the, the military, when I got out, I was real bitter, and so I, I started living in the streets, like selling. I became a, a street level drug dealer and, and lived that lifestyle. Um, and at all this time, I was away from God. Um, and I just say that I was away from God. Like, I didn't pray on a regular basis. I didn't feel close to Him. Um, I certainly wasn't putting Him first. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't doing the things that I was raised to do. Um, but I was living. I thought I was living my best life, too. I thought I was. Um, but I was living really selfishly. Um and so things started to happen. Um I, after I got out of the military um and started selling drugs and stuff, things started to happen in my life. You know, like while I was in the military I had some traumatic things happen, but then I started selling drugs and that caused some, some more traumatic things to happen. Um all the all the while I'm I'm away from God. Um and, and so my wife, I mean, my mother got diagnosed with cancer 18 years ago, 19 years ago, um, and this was a year, let's see, no, this is two years before my son was born, um, so like a year and a half before my wife was pregnant. Um, I'm just living wild and I'm, I'm living in the streets and I'm on probation and I find out my mom has cancer. So I have all this stuff happening to me. Um, and I go to jail. I'm not um, prison, but uh, like county jail for some misdemeanor charges, misdemeanor stuff. Um, but when I went to jail, that was one of the, one of the experiences that, where i hit rock bottom so before my mom got diagnosed with cancer i was going through this cycle where i was on probation i kept revoking probation i was in and out of county jail that breaking process pushed me back to god It started to push me back to god because i I hit rock bottom um and it actually got even worse is actually after i completed finally completed probation and got out of jail the last time it's when I found out that my mom had cancer. Um, And so that um, I'm the youngest of nine. I'm a mama's boy. I'm closer to my mother. And so that really just broke me. Um, um, And that's kind of where I was at life. You know, I had been living life and I had went from a point where I had a lot of materialistic things and I didn't have a lot of things. And just my life was just, all over the place, um, and it just led me back to God, what I know, and so at my rock bottom, you know, when I was in and out of jail, and then when I found out my mom had cancer, and that she was going to die from cancer, so when I initially found out that my mom had cancer, we were basically given, said that, you know, because of her age, she was up in age, you know, um, that she probably wasn't going to live, it was pre- pretty advanced, she would have chemo and radiology, but she's probably going to die from it, and die from it in a year, and she did. Um, and so during my grieving process, I started grieving my mom's death while she was living. I was living in San Antonio at this time. I had gotten out the air force. Um, I'd moved back to Lockhart in, in the house with my mother. Um, I was living there um, some of the time um, when, when I was selling drugs, she caught me with some crack cocaine. Um, and when she caught me with it, she kicked me out. The, she took it and flushed it down the toilet and she kicked me out the house and took my car keys and she didn't kick me out the house. She just told me, you know, you can't do that in my house. and You got to go. This was after I got out of the military. And so I called, um, a friend who ended up being my wife, you know, who I'm married to now, but I said a friend then, um, who I knew could, could bail me out of that situation. I literally, um, had been out of the military for two years. This is nineteen ninety seven and nineteen ninety nine, the beginning of nineteen ninety nine, I moved right back to San Antonio with my friend. Um, I was still living um while still selling drugs. Um, this is when I was in and out of jail. And then my mom gets cancer and I'm going through this grieving process with my mom living and my mom was living in my but she was having to go to the the cancer treatment center in San Antonio where I was living. So I was seeing her on a regular basis once or twice a week cause she had to come up there for her, her treatment. Um, and so during this time period, this pushed me back closer to God, um, because this was a rock bottom moment for me in my life, um, between the jail and the cancer. Um, and so that was one of the, th- the traumatic things that really kind of started to change the direction of my life from where it was at that point to where I am today. Um, and so my mom died a year later, you know, um, my wife got pregnant. Um, my mom died in February 18 years ago would be uh, 19 years in February. Um, so, yeah, she died. And then a few months later, I found out that my now wife is pregnant with my now son. Um, so all this is going on at the same time. You know, I don't have any other children. I've never been married. Um but I was living with my wife at the time we weren't at married out of wedlock. And so my son was born uh, out of wedlock. Um, but that my son being born, of course, changed. My mom died and then my mom died and um I found out my wife was pregnant. And so fast forward, a year anniversary to my mom's death, my son is being born. Um, and so, um, it was, that to me is super poetic just because my mom, she was, uh, there's, I have a big family. There's a lot of grandkids. My mom was the grandparent that all the grandkids love. I have nieces and nephews that are just a couple years younger than me, um, that were raised like my, my siblings. And I would be jealous of them because my mom would love them differently than she loved me. You know, um, she was their grandparent. You know, she was my mother. Um, and so she was that type of grandparent. And so I say it was po- poetic that my son was born, you know, in the, in the same month, minus a few weeks that my mom died in. Um, and, and he never got, got to know my mom. And so, um, yeah, my son being born is another event that pushed me closer to God. I knew that I couldn't continue to be a drug dealer um, and live the life that I was living. Um, and so I stopped dealing drugs and became a, tried to become a responsible man. Like that was the beginning of the transformation of me trying to become a responsible man. is was when my son was born. Um, it, me and my wife ended up getting divorced, we were never legally married, but in Texas, I mean, you're, if, if you live with someone and you share the same uh, bank account and the same address, and there's a couple of other prerequisites, you're common law married. Um, and so we never got married in a courthouse or in a church, but we had to get a divorce. We split up when my son was six. So um, we split up when my son was six. Um, And this was another breaking point in my life. Um, We had to get a divorce. The the judge made us get a divorce because we shared the same address and we had a little bit of property and we were getting our mail in the same place. We met the common law guidelines. So we had to legally get a divorce. So I've even though I've only been married legally once, um, I got divorced before I actually got legally married the first time. Um, Go figure um, and so, yeah, we got divorced when when my son was seven years old. We were divorced for about uh, four years before we got back together. When we were divorced, um, I was diagnosed with uh, lupus. I was false diagnosed with Crohn's. Um, and I spent uh, two different times in the hospital, one time a week and one time three weeks. And the time I was in the hospital three weeks, I almost died. Um, and that's probably the lowest point that I've ever been in my life to be honest with you. Um, but I was alone, I was divorced and my girlfriend was out of town. Um, and my wife, my my wife who was my ex-wife at the time wouldn't come see me or bring my son to see me in the hospital because she was afraid my girlfriend would be around. And so it was a lonely, alone period, um, my mom was dead, my dad was living, my dad came to see me, I was in the hospital for three weeks. Um, and my older brothers and sisters came to see me because I was really sick, Like, I, and I thought I was gonna die, I did, you know, there were days that I, I thought I was gonna die, um, and so I was in the hospital for three weeks, I recovered. When I recovered, oh, eventually I broke up with my girlfriend and me and my wife ended up getting back together before we moved up here, we moved up here eight years ago. We got together two years before we moved up here. Um, so we've been back together 10 years. Um, and so we were, you know, um, divorced for for three years and we got back together. Um, my wife's, um, sister was diagnosed with melanoma cancer. um, Eight years ago, she, she had had cancer prior to eight years ago. She had had it for, you know, some years and had fought it off. Um, and it was in remission and she fought it off twice. Well, they told us that if it came back again, that, you know, it would probably be, um, it would probably kill her. And so eight years ago, it, it came back. When it came back, we sold our house. Um, and me and my wife and my son and my wife's parents all moved up here to help my wife's sister um, because she had two teenage kids and she was a widow. Her husband had died in the house with her um, some years prior. And so we dropped everything we had and literally loaded up a U-Haul, moved up here on Christmas Eve, We drove up here from San Antonio on Christmas Eve. Um, Tracy, which is my wife's sister. Rest in peace, Tracy. Um, Tracy ended up dying from cancer in the following August. Um, and so that was the reason that we moved up here to the DFW Metroplex. All this goes together. It's going to paint a pretty little picture. And so um, when I moved up here eight years ago, um, I had to find... New places to fish, and so I was on Google Maps um, finding places to fish, and I got on Fish Brain. Um, and the thing about faith and 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 fishing that ties it together for me is that when I got out of my restrictive box of formal religion, I started to approach God differently. I started to speak to Him and talk to Him differently, I uh, not not formal. I started to do it. It would still be formal, but on a more casual level. Um, When I started to realize, like, there was no importance in the formality. Like, you know, it's like everything starts with your heart, the purity of your heart and the condition of your heart. Um, And so when I started to do that, I would go fishing and I would be on the lake bank fishing by myself. And I would just be having conversations with God. Just out loud, just talking to him out loud, like literally praying out loud, talking about my problems or um, just talking about my fishing, just like literally talking to God. This may sound super crazy, Um, but it was at this point when he started to manifest himself while I was doing this to like to like literally confirm his presence, like. You know, um, and I would just do like little things. At first, it started off with me just praying out loud. And then I got to a point where I literally started to taunt God. Like, I would be like, okay, well, God, if you're present with me, show me that you're present. I would say something like that. And then something would happen. And then it, it, it became more than a coincidence. And it, it's actually, it, it, if you're, I don't know how old you are. You're, yeah, you, I do know how old you are. You're probably too young when Jay Yellis um, won the Bassmaster Classic. When Jay Yellis won the Bassmaster Classic, ESPN was showing the Classic live on TV. Jay, Jay Yellis is a man of faith. He's a fisherman. He's from Texas. He was on, they were in his boat showing coverage of him in the Classic. This was uh, when he won when it was on the the Coosa River uh in Alabama. I, I can't remember the name of the lake. It may have been Logan Martin, um, but don't quote me on that. But anyway, okay. on this particular day, and I think it was day three or day four of the Classic, they were in his boat one morning, and they were talking to him. And he he was famous for, for talking about God and faith, always when you stuck a camera or a microphone in his face. Well, this morning they were, they were um, in the boat with him and it was day three or day four. And um, he was fishing a stretch of river that um, had heavy current below the dam. Um, and it had some lay down, you know, um, this classic stuff. Um, but apparently it may have been community. Some some of his water may have been community holes on this particular day there was somebody fishing for stripers with live bait on one of his, one of his spots where he had been catching fish in the classic. It was a lay down. It was like a, a old tree. Um, he had caught several fish in the classic off of that tree. Well, this day these live bait fishermen are fishing it, you know, um, for striper or something. They're sitting on it. They're anchored on it. And so he's got the camera crew and all these people are following him around. And so while he's on camera, um, he wants to fish it, and they they release the water. They cut the, the, the locks on the dam or whatever, and the water starts running. And he wants to fish it, and there's, these people are on it. And so he asked them to leave. And so when he asked them to leave, they got pissed off. um, And they um cranked their boat up and, and drove up and, you know, made a big wake, got on plane, and then got on plane and, and rode right by the laydown, which is right by the bank. And so all this happened on camera on live TV. And I'm sitting here watching this as a kid. And Jay Yellis says on camera, it'll take an act of God for, uh, for me, for one to bite in there now. But that's one of my main pieces to cover. And that's where, where I've been catching some of my better fish throughout this whole classic. I've been catching them on this jig, flipping the jig on that when the water runs the bass position on this lay down. I've been catching some good fish off of it. And so he says, you know, it would take an act of God to, to get one to bite right now after, you know, that, you know, guy just did that, you know. um, And so after he said that, he pitched his jig right to that laydown from a long distance, you know, he eased up on his trolling motor after they rode off, you know, and he said that on camera and he made that pitch and he stuck a four and a half pounder and it ended up being the winning fish in the classic. And so for me that was like a manifestation of God. Like I had never seen anything like that before. Like it literally took an act of God. Like you would have never thought a fish would bite. Like I wouldn't at the time. Like, nah, somebody just cranked up their big motor and ran over that piece of cover. No way that bass is going to bite. You know, like if he's sitting, even if he's there, like, and so fast forward, I'm living here in the Metroplex now. And now I'm starting to question, okay, God, if you're here, show me that you're here. And I started to say little things and he would show himself. And, um, it, it got to the point where I'd be fishing. I'd be real frustrated and I wouldn't have had, had no bites or something. And I'd be like, God, you're not real. If you're real, then, you know, let me get a bite and boom, I would get a bite. You know what I'm saying? And I would do little things like that, not in that exact way, but, I would do that quite often when I was fishing and and coincidentally or not um a lot of times God would just show me that he was present with me and that he heard me when I would be there praying and talking out loud, He would just let me know that he was there that and that he that he hears me, you know and that he's aware of me he he would let me feel his presence um and so. That was something that was something new to me in life. Like I never really experienced God when I was fishing. Like God was a church thing for me. And so that was just something new to me. And so when I decided to do the YouTube, I said it would be cool if I could capture some of those moments on camera so I could show other people like, yeah, this really happens. Like I really just said this out loud to God and boom, this just really happened. And so that was one of the main inspirations of me naming my channel, The Gospel of Bath. because I wanted somebody else to see me experience that for me to literally just be fishing and have a camera on and, and just be having a conversation with God. And then like, yeah, he show his presence, um, to me. And so that inspired me to name my YouTube channel that Um, And ultimately, like you've heard me say from the very beginning, like my ultimate goal in life is for people that don't know God to see God through me and my actions, my behaviors. And so YouTube and Instagram are just platforms for that. And that's what I use them for. You know, um, right now I'm pursuing trying to become a professional bass fisherman. Uh, I I left a big chapter of my life out. When my son was um young, I worked at Sportsman's Warehouse. Um okay. when I got divorced, um I, I worked at Sportsman's Warehouse in the fisherman's department in San Antonio, and this was after I had got out of the air force. Um when I did that, that put me directly in line in the industry, uh, working in a in a store like that and working in the fishing department, because now I'm not only getting to watch, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I grew up watching Hank Parker and Roland Martin and Bill Dance and Shaw Grigsby and Al Linder and N Fisherman. This is For sure. how I learned how to fish. Like I grew up as a little kid, like I've always been obsessed with bass fishing. So as a little kid, like I told you, I saw my time on the basketball court. Um, or in the creek, in, in that pond fishing, like, yeah, outside, like when I was inside the house, there was no game systems. So I was watching fishing or reading about fishing or reading about animals, generally speaking. And so I grew up watching these professional guys, which I was a member of VASS, so I always watched Bassmaster when it came on TV. I always, you know, and so this is my connection to the industry, just growing up, my life. Um, And so fast forward, I'm working in Sportsman's Warehouse, but now I get to start meeting some of these pros. And it just drew me in deeper into the the fishing industry. And I actually got to start fishing tournaments. Like I met guys with boats. They started taking me fishing. I became really good friends with a guide. And that just changed the whole whole, um, direction or, Man, that just changed my fishing. When to, to be friends with a bass fishing guide, man, like, I don't know how to explain that to somebody. Like, that in itself is, is a blessing, man. Like, people that, that guide for a living, especially that bass guide for a living, that's not easy, man. Like, to guarantee somebody without guaranteeing them that they can catch a fish, and that somebody can be somebody that had never, can be somebody that never picked up a rod and reel before. You never know who your client is going to be. Like a good client is somebody like me that's been fishing all their life, but a guide take people that don't fish fishing. You know what I'm saying? And so right. that's a different life. It's, 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 it's hard, man. Having a best friend that did it, it, it let me see fishing from a different perspective and I got to learn a lot, you know, and so working in Sportsman's Warehouse, I met this guy. I became close friends with him. Um, I met other dudes with boats, and they started taking me fishing and started taking me to little club tournaments. I ended up getting me a boat. I ended up fishing in Bass Champs here in Texas, which Bass Champs is next to professional fishing. Like, on a, like to me, Bass Champs is still my pro. Like, it's not FLW, but it's, it's on that level because you know you could win a boat a uh, 18 or 25,000 or 35,000 dollars skeeter bass boat, you know. Um, you could win a lot of money and there are a lot of pros um that don't fish bass champs now but um but they used to. And they right. don't fish it now because they don't have time to do it. They actually fish professionally on a professional level full time, so they don't have to fish bass champs. But there are a right. lot of pros that fish in major major league fishing and uh, on the BAS side um, that cut their teeth from Texas. They cut their teeth in bass champs like um, Todd so, Fir- Faircloth. I-, I can name one: um, Kurt Dove. He actually lives on Amistad now. He guides on Amistad. He's not from from Texas. Um, who else? Byron Vel- Velvic moved to Amistad and bought a bought a house. He, he lives down there now. He's a pro, um, but he, he's not one of ours. Like there's, there's so many guys that are, um, Keith Combs, Keith Combs is an, is, is somebody that's pretty hot right now. And Keith, I, I mean, Keith Combs, you know, started out fishing bass champs. And so I got to experience competition on a really high level fishing wise, like in a bass champs tournament in the, in the Southern region, like, it's, it's based in regions in Texas. So you've got an East, East Texas region, a West Texas region, a South Texas region, a Central Texas region. The South Texas region was known to be the hardest region because those lakes have the biggest bass. Um, you would get to fish Lake Amistad twice, twice a season, Choke Canyon twice a season, um, Falcon twice a season. That made up, um, the bulk of the, the South region of Bastion, there was maybe one or two other lakes included, but those were the main three lakes. Um, and all of those lakes are like some of the greatest lakes in the world. Like you saw BAS go to Amistad and what it did, like it set up, it set records same when it went to Falcon, it set records because those lakes were peaking at that time. And so I'm fishing more than I ever have in my life during the time period when those lakes were peaking and I'm pretty much best friends with a guide, the guides on one of those lakes. And so it ramped my fishing knowledge and wisdom up to a whole nother level. Like my perspective, I had grown up watching shows and reading books and encyclopedias. Well, fishing with a guide took, science and and expose some things like everything that you read in a book is not necessarily the case when it comes to fishing. Like your best teacher in, in bass fishing is experience because the fish don't read the book and we don't know how to get into a fish's brain. We understand some some of the things that govern fish and how they, how they think, but we don't understand all of them. And so our philosophies or theories some of them are true and some of them are just not true like they're not hard fast rules like that and having a guide showed me that he showed me that he could catch a spinnerbait without a skirt on it he showed me that the color of a plastic worm isn't as as important as your confidence in that color just little things like that you know and so it took my my knowledge and my wisdom to another level and I also got to fish and bass champs against some pros and experience real competition 300 boats, 350 boats and it's a team tournament I mean I've seen I've seen multiple five fish 40 pound stringers on multiple occasions on different lakes. I've seen multiple 30 pound stringers. I cast a check in a Lake Amistad tournament with 20 five pounds um, and it was I was in it was 23rd place you know I I won $1,200 and I think that tournament paid like 30 30 spots but it paid 30 spots because there was like 350 boats in it and 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 in order for you to cash a check to even be in the top 30 you had to have like 23 plus pounds I think we had 25 pounds and we were like I said 23rd you know what I'm saying? It took 35 pounds, I think, to win that tournament. Um, and so, like, those lakes were were spitting out ridiculous stringers. So the competition was incredible, um, you know. And so, like, yeah, I, I was able to learn a lot. Um, it's just I was so focused on being a father and coaching basketball, I stopped fishing so much. Uh, when we got divorced, I got my. I, that's when I was fishing a lot, but then when we got back together, then I sold my my bass boat and I would still bank fish, but I just wasn't so hardcore anymore. Um And I in fact, fishing actually kind of uh, took a back seat, you know, when we got remarried because that took up my other free time. I was still coaching during this this whole time, and so. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's how my, my faith and my fishing are connected is because when I'm fishing, like being outside and being in, in nature is like the closest way I know how to be to God and to feel him and experience him is to go outdoors, you know, in nature, you know. Um, And so fishing is just one of those things where. It's something where I'm able to concentrate on, you know, fishing, but also be in a state to where like a lot of times I'm fishing, I'm on autopilot, you know, so I'm fishing, I'm casting and retrieving, but I'm thinking about God. I'm not present, you know, fishing, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, right. I'm on an autopilot, you know, I'm literally, my mind is somewhere else, you know, like, like, okay, I'm on a spot. I know that this is what I think is going to take to get them to bite. And so I'm just cast, repeat, cast, repeat, cast, repeat, change lures, cast, repeat. But I ain't got to really just be focused on, yeah, I'm focused when I'm feeling my lure coming back. But at that same time, I can also be relieved of all my worries in the world and also have conversation and fellowship with God Um and just be at peace. And so that's how they're connected for me. Um, And that, you know, the purpose, you know, ultimately of my Instagram and my YouTube is just some place, some platform where I could build an altar where I could glorify God. And, you know, um, ultimately just try to help people that are lost or that need help, not necessarily just lost. If I say lost, I'm just speaking to people, Literally, that are not saved, but there are a lot of people that need help that are saved. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need help I'm saved. You know what I'm saying? Like we all need help. Um, and so sure. and I think that's a part of my calling, um, and part of my purpose in life is to be a a testimony to other broken people that have experienced brokenness and extreme trauma um through life um in different ways that I can relate to um because at the end of the day I'm just a man you know like I'm just a man I'm no different than anybody else like I'm carnal uh I have weaknesses I cuss you know like I'm not perfect like I I you know we're all carnal like and so like I'm no different like I just I, I wake up every day trying to be the best version of myself because absolutely at this point in my life, the only thing that I care about is that when I'm gone, that my soul is in heaven. Um, That's, that's all that matters, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's all that matters. Like, I mean, that's life in a nutshell. it's like, you know, like one day this body, it's temporary, you know, our soul is, exists before God blows it into a body. Um, and then it's in a body and it's on a clock. And then that body expires. And and if you live right and do the right things, then you get to get reconciled with with God. And if you don't, then you go to hell. And hell is real. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that, you know, and I don't want to go to hell. I want to be in heaven. You know, I think there are some yeah, five other loved ones there. Um, and I don't know if we'll be conscious of each other but I'd like to believe that we will you know if we're not conscious of we, each other I still want to go to heaven that's you know like I guess the ultimate goal is to see God um um and, and to not go to hell and so like I wake up every day just trying to be my best version of myself in line with that if that makes sense to you so it's like I wake up every day trying to be the best version of myself and being the best version of myself I try to operate in the, the gifts that God has given me the things that come easy to me that I do naturally that I'm passionate about I try to operate inside of those the capacity of those things when I say gifts um, and I just try to be the best version of myself on a day to day basis just try to live life the way that I I feel that God Jesus Christ um, would want me to live or would be proud of or if Jesus was still here walking on earth how he would be living and part of that is helping mankind humanity other people you know not just lost people that are not saved and don't know God but people that know God but struggle with life or struggle with their faith and even me like you hear me saying this I go through struggles like you just heard me say I hadn't been on Instagram in five days. It's because spiritually I've been, I've not been in my happy place spiritually. That's the best way that I can put, put it to you. And so because I haven't been in my happy place spiritually, I have just not been on Instagram in five days. I, I haven't been inspired um, to be on there. And it's just because Spiritually, my spirit has just been a little off. And sometimes that happens in life. For me, like I told you, like just two weeks ago, all of a sudden, me and my wife are caretakers for her parents who are both disabled. Now, they're functional disabled, but they're getting up in age and they're disabled. Um, They can drive. They can see. They can read. They can write. They can walk. Two weeks ago, two days apart, they both went to the hospital. Right now, they're both in a rehab facility. We don't know that both of them are, will be coming back to live with us in our house. Right. My wife's mother, we're pretty sure she will. She's going to have to have double hip surgery. But then after she has her hip surgery, then she, as long as she is walking and moving around. She's going to be moving and still living with us. I mean, she still lives with us. She's not with us right now. She's in a rehab facility. Um, we are her caretakers, you know, we help her out. Um, but she, um, has Parkinson's disease. We didn't know it. We just got it diagnosed. Um, which is why she went to the ER, which is why she's in rehab which is why she needs double hip surgery. Two days from her going to the hospital, her husband, my wife's father, my father-in-law went missing for 24 hours. And ever since he's came back, he hasn't been in his right frame of mind. And so he's shown signs of Alzheimer's, of dementia. Right. And so we don't know if he's ever going to come back and live under our roof because we're not qualified to deal with that. My dad, my, my, my dad, my, my blood dad lived with Alzheimer's for eight years. So I know what that's like. My grandmother, his mother, she had Alzheimer's. It's genetic to our family. Um And so it was a surprise. Like my wife didn't know that it was something that even ran in her family. This is the first time she even realized and even researched that it was something that was in her family's DNA um, because all of this happened like two weeks ago. And I said all that to say this, like that's the reason why I haven't been in my spiritual happy place over the past five days is because my life has been disrupted, um, a couple of weeks ago, like I told you. Um, and so that's a huge disruption for us, for our little family, just me, my wife and my son, um, to have all of a sudden have her parents taken out of our house. We've had to adjust, make some adjustments and, you know, we're having to see about them and take care of them and, you know, it's just, it was a disruption. Life happens. You know, it's like, I'm not making an excuse. I, I don't want it to come across like that. It just, life happens. Um, and when life happens, that's where your faith is tested. Is it, when you're forced to deal with things in this natural world, on this nat- natural world, on this natural earth, that are beyond your capacity spiritually emotionally that's where god fills in he he's the gap filler he fills in the gap you know um, absolutely i mean i don't know what it's like cam to not believe in god so i don't know what it's like when when something bad happens to not be able to go to god i don't know what that's like you right. know what i'm saying i lived away from god for a long time but like i told you life Stuff happened in life that made me go back to God because that's what I know, you know? And so like over the fat, the past five days, I've not been on Instagram. I'm usually pretty active on Instagram. I usually post anytime from one to three times a day. I usually post scripture. If I don't post scripture, then I try to post something positive or inspirational or something informative. I try to share some information about how I caught the fish or what the fish are biting on. Just something positive. Beyond just fishing, you know, like it can't just be fishing or otherwise I won't do it. Um, like my life is, is these days is about purpose. And if there's no purpose behind it, I'm not inspired to do it. And so I wouldn't get on Instagram if I didn't feel like that I could connect to people on a deeper level and inspire people or influence people to just look at things differently, have a positive attitude, um, understand that life is tough. Like right now, like, yeah, I'm probably going to share some of this just with, with Instagram, you know, just I hadn't been on there in five days, I'll probably just post a little snippet on, on, in my story and then maybe sit down and do a YouTube tomorrow. And my YouTube won't be any, it'll just be me talking. Like I'm doing this interview with you because I've realized that there's therapy. In it for me, on the other side of that camera, when I forget the camera's on and I'm just talking, it's therapeutic, you know, and I found yeah, that sure. out by just testifying on camera and I forgot that I was even recording myself. I was just talking, you know? Um, and so, yeah, there's some therapy behind it. And so, yeah, I probably will share, you know, some of that. because people need to understand that, like, even for me, you know, my faith is mature, but it gets tested, you know, and right now it's being tested, you know the my parents you know my my wife's parents, you know they're not of a, a picture of health um and our house has been disrupted, and you know things are different, and I've had to make some adjustments, you know, and just spiritually, I haven't been in the place where I, I'm normally operating from uh and that happens in life, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, so what? I wasn't on Instagram four or five days. If that's what's necessary in order for me to renew my own self or uplift my own self or to make sure that I'm grounded so that I can be of service to somebody else, if that makes sense to you.
1: Absolutely. Um well man, I tell you what, um this is the least amount of work I've ever had to do for an interview. you uh you didn't need any coaching or anything uh you answered all the major questions i normally ask so uh and the funny thing is is you did them in order (laughs) um but uh before uh, i was
0: ready man i was ready (laughs) like i was so excited like when i told you like when we missed the appointment last week i was like extremely disturbed by that because i was so ready to do this like yeah, when when I was referred to you, I was like, and you had already reached out to me before the person that referred me told me that they referred me because they had just started following me. Um, Lisa Outdoors Lady, isn't that her name, her handle? Um, um, it's
1: a Lisa Outdoors Enthusiast, yeah.
0: Yeah, Lisa Outdoors Enthusiast. She referred me. Well, she was someone that we had recently just started following each other. And so you reached out to me before she even told me, um, that, hey, you know, um, this, this podcast might reach out to you. You know, they're looking for people that, um, are about faith and that, that fish, you know, and I was like, man, that, that sounds cool, you know, and so she told me about it. And just from that point on, I was super excited, man. So I'm glad that I made your job easy, man. I'm like, <laughs> um,
1: I'm
0: just really excited, just really excited to be on your platform, just to, to give a little background and just to share absolutely my faith there. like yeah i get excited to talk about jesus christ i do i'll be honest with you for I sure for sure
1: like,
0: yeah I, could. I i do
1: and uh before before we wrap things up um with all of my guests i do a little segment called what's your favorite it's self-explanatory i'm just going to ask you your favorite in a few different questions uh, in a few different categories um okay. so to start off uh do you have a favorite scripture
0: uh, yeah, I have a favorite, favorite scripture and I have, you know, I have my Bible out while we were, we're doing this interview, <laughs> Damn, you know, it. That's awesome. So I didn't have it on my favorite scripture. Um, but I knew you would ask me something that I would need to get my Bible out because I know a lot of scriptures, but I'm not the type of person that walks around just, um, quoting scriptures off the top of my head. There are some right. scriptures I know like that. Um, and my favorite scripture, uh, sometimes it comes to me, right. Um, and sometimes it doesn't um, But yes, I will share my favorite scripture With you um, This is out of the King James Version of the Bible And my favorite scripture is from the book of James uh, The Epistle of James In the New Testament My favorite scripture is chapter 1 Verse 2 My brethren counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations um because i i learned uh, that scripture taught me um uh, <laughs> there's a there's a part where of uh, of i didn't know that you know you could you know be saved and still get in trouble um right. you know and so when i'm sure <laughs> to that point in my faith um yeah, that scripture is just a pleasant reminder of how to conduct yourself um, when you you fall, when you get into trouble, when bad things happen. That's the essence of that scripture: is how to conduct yourself when bad things happen. You know, my brother encountered all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, man. Um, it, in other words, even when things are not going your way, you still got to acknowledge God and, and give God praise. Um, and that's part of my testimony. That's why that's my favorite scripture. Man, uh, you got me on the spot. That was a great question. I wasn't ready for that.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, what about a favorite Bible story?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your, these questions are awesome, man. I want people to hear this type of excitement. Like, that's an awesome question. Yeah, I have a favorite Bible story, man. Um, my favorite story is samson and delilah okay but that's a people know that story they know because they know, everybody knows samson as being the strongest physical person right right am i right 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 okay like one of the things that samson did like in the story he killed a lion with his bare hand like that's my favorite like, yeah, that's my favorite story in the Bible. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You, I'm not a preacher, but you, you can have me preach, man. Just like, yeah, <laughs> asking me the wrong questions, like, or the right questions, actually. That's, that's the right question. Like, that's my favorite story. Um, uh, and Samson Delilah, Delilah, and the, the part of the story that I love is the, the, the part where he defeats, um, where he defeats the lion and then he finds the honey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Oh man. Like, yeah, I've, yeah, man, that, that's, um, I've heard that preached so many times. Um, but I heard it preached one time in a way that I had never heard anybody else preach using those scriptures. Uh and the sermon was was about the will of God. Um <laughs> and it you know, like I, I told you like every day it's about purpose, man, and purpose falls under God's will. So it's God's will and then God's purpose for your specific life. You know what I'm saying? And so um that part of that story is a great example of um you being in the will of God and not realizing that you're in the will of God, and there's great examples of that. You know, um, Jonah uh, being swallowed by the fish. That's that's probably my second favorite story, and that's the reason why. It, that would be the reason why, because I've just heard those scriptures and those stories preached about um, as it is, as it pertains to the the will of God on a specific person's life, on your life or on my life. Um, and yeah, um, that's why I love those stories because you can, Jonah didn't, <clears throat> he didn't, he didn't go where God wanted him to go. He was trying to avoid what God wanted him to do because he didn't want to deal with the backlash, um, of having to, and <laughs> that's, that's faith, man. Like you stand up for God it's going to come with some heat. Sometimes people aren't going to like, like what you say. We're so not going to like you like that. Carrying his cross. Um, and so, yeah, um, Jonah didn't, he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do and he didn't want to go where God wanted them to go. Uh, but you know, he ended up where God wanted him to go, you know? And right. I've heard that preached and used in that way and that's why I love that story as well, you know, because you can, you can make your own earthly man, worldly decision outside of God's will. It doesn't matter. Like, he's going to make it work to where your decision is still going to lead to where he wants you to go. Like, yeah, you can, if you're his, you're his. Like, you, you, you can do what you want to do, but he got plans for your life, man, I mean, I mean I just I'm a testimony for that, Ken. I'm like, yeah, I've had a lot of selfish wants in my life. And I got to a point in my life when I realized that there's just a greater God and there's a calling on my life. Um and it don't matter if I acknowledge that calling or not, he's gonna put me and have me do what he wants me to do regardless. Um and when I realized that it got a lot easier for me to Make more good decisions to do right more than to do wrong, uh, is when I realized that I really am not in charge. Like I'm under his will anyway. So you might as well, I might as well start praying about it and trying to line up with it. And so yeah, it, sorry to be so long winded, but my, that was my, <laughs> my favorite two stories is Samson, um, and, and Jonah.
1: Absolutely. So what, a, what's your favorite fish to catch?
0: Largemouth. Uh, wait, let me think about that. I fired that off too quick. Way <laughs> too quick. Way too quick. is my favorite fish to catch a large largemouth bass? No. I would say my favorite fish to catch is a redfish. Okay. I don't get to do it very often, but if I could, I would. If I live closer to where I could go catch them all the time, I would go catch them probably every day, like I go catch bass.
1: Okay, absolutely. What about your favorite fish to fish for?
0: Uh, My favorite fish to fish for is definitely largemouth bass, no question about it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, What about your favorite fish to eat?
0: Flounder. Flounder. I love flounder, man. I love it. I love all kinds of seafood, but out of all seafoods, flounder is top.
1: Okay, how do you like your flounder cooked?
0: Um, actually, like it baked. Would you believe that? Like, I like it fried. I like it grilled. Um, but I like it baked the most. Um, okay, Red absolutely. Lobster has a flounder dish where flounder—they have it's baked flounder, but it's stuffed with uh, like some crab meat. Right. Um, yeah, I just fell fell in love with flounder and, like cooked like that, and so to this day, like, yeah, that's probably my number one favorite meal.
1: I hear you. Back when I was a teenager, um my family used to spend a week at the beach every um every summer and I uh, I would one of the things I would always do, we would go to a seafood restaurant and I would get a a whole flounder and like they would bake it and I would eat both sides and I, I look back now it's like man, how did I eat all of that at once? <laughs>
0: oh man, that's nothing man it's cuz it's so it's it's all clean protein. You know what I'm saying? And so like yeah, I could literally sit down like wild caught flounder and one sitting. Yeah, I could easily eat two or three nice size you know <laughs> ones. Like, yeah, it's so, it's such a light, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not heavy. So yeah, I could see how you were doing that. I love it, man. I'm like, yeah, got some in my freezer, not fresh caught, but I'm, I'm getting, gonna get, gonna get to go get some fresh ones so, again through social media connections, man. It's, that's social media is so powerful, Cam. Like, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's you, if you use in the right way, it's very powerful. The ability for us to connect. We're two people that we would have never probably connected in life had it not been for social media. Absolutely. And that's the power of social media. Like that's the good, the good power. of it. it's got some bad things to it, but that's one of the good sides of it, man. And so I've met some cool people, um, since I've been on Instagram and I'm going down. My sister lives in parent down that, that, by bay city down by the coast um and so here here in the next couple of weeks i'm going to spend a weekend at my sisters and i'm going to link up with one of my instagram um friends and go catch some flounder how about that absolutely how about that
1: (laughs) there you go all right man so what's uh what's your favorite fishing snack
0: favorite fishing snack. Uh if you're going to put me on a boat for 15 hours, I got to have some beef jerky, man. I, I got some beef jerky, beef jerky, yeah.
1: you got a particular brand or flavor you stick with?
0: Nah, man. I, I'm with jerky, I'm all over the place. I love it all, man. Yeah, I can't give you one particular brand or Flavored, nah, no. Turkey, man.
1: (laughs) All right, so I won't ask for any GPS coordinates or secret spots, but what's your favorite body of water to fish?
0: Oh, man. It's obvious. It's obvious. I've made it obvious. Echo Lake. No, well, you asked me my favorite body of water to fish. My favorite body of water to fish is Lake Amistad. It's Lake Amistad. No question about it. I want to retire on that lake. I hear in you. real Texas.
1: And again, I don't want to, uh, want to reveal too many secrets, but what's your favorite lure to throw?
0: Uh, no secrets, man. I don't mind sharing information. So you could ask me those specifics and I'm cool with it. If you ask me my favorite spot right now in Dallas, I was going to tell you that. Um, and you said my favorite lure. Oh, man. My favorite lure. Would have to be a swim bait. Um, yeah, it would have to be a swim bait. And uh, wow,
1: that like a swim
0: bait, Dwayne. (laughs) You're gonna want to know, hey, what swim bait? Let's just say my favorite lure is the Castaic um, Catch Twenty Two Six Inch Shad. That's my favorite lure. Period
1: okay and is that a uh, is that a hard swim bait or is that a paddle tail like soft
0: That's a, it's neither neither so it's not okay. a hard it is a soft plastic swim bait but it does not have a paddle tail It has a regular fin just like a regular thread fin or gives it shad wood okay and So it's a actually a double jointed or it has three segments two joints but it's soft plastic Um, but it doesn't have a paddle tail it's got that fin um, and it's what you would call a line through swim bait so you know, you stick your line through the head of the bait, it comes out the stomach and you just tie a treble hook uh, that comes with it onto your line Um, and then this particular bait has a magnet um, where your line comes out and so that treble hook sticks to the bottom of the bait, uh, to that magnet. And the magnet is built into the plastic of the bait.
1: Okay. That's awesome.
0: Awesome bait. Yeah. Awesome bait. You definitely got to check it out. Castaic catch 22, six inch, um, gizzard shad. Um, and I, I said all that because if you're ever going to try a swim bait cam, they guarantee, Castaic guarantees that you'll catch 22 fish on that bait before it tears up. So if you buy that bait and keep your receipt and you don't catch 22 fish on it, you just email them, send them your receipt, and they'll send you another one. And it costs like 18 bucks, 15 bucks.
1: Super awesome awesome bait.
0: Super awesome bait for beginning fishermen, somebody just getting into swim bait. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that bait hunt all over the world anybody of water like yeah it's awesome
1: awesome what's your favorite time of year to fish
0: pre-spawn definitely pre-spawn um february january february before they start getting on beds real good Uh, um because my favorite fish to target is largemouth bass and there's a period and pre-spawn in early spring before uh female bass get on bed where they group up. And if you can find them, it's some of the most, I mean, some of the best fishing of the year. Um, If you can find them when they're grouped up like that before they bed. Um, and so uh, I'm not so much into looking at them. So that's my favorite time of year to fish and that's why.
1: Alright, and we're gonna end it with, uh, uh, this isn't a what's your favorite question, but, um, it's a question I've asked every guest so far. Um, what, uh, what fishing story or memory means the most to you?
0: Mm, wow, that's an awesome question. Um, what fishing story uh, and when you ask that question, you mean my own personal experience, fishing story?
1: Um, yeah, but I mean, if that's not the one that means the most to you, you can you can tell a different oh, one. also. Well, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my favorite fishing story is when Jesus was teaching the disciples in the Bible, like, yeah, like honestly, that's my favorite fishing story is yeah, when 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 um when he's he's in the boat and uh and the storm starts raging and the disciples get nervous. Um yeah, that's my favorite story. That's my favorite fishing story.
1: Awesome.
0: You see how um, everything goes back to faith? Like <laughs> I didn't even have to think about that. At first it was going to be Jonah, but nah, it was when, when they were in that boat.
1: All right, man. So, uh, we're going to start wrapping things up. Um, uh, what do you have coming up for you, um, with Bass Minister D and, uh, and your YouTube channel? Um, what all, what is coming up?
0: All right, man. So let's just talk about the future, man. So, um, we're in November. In October, I changed my handle from Step the Hook D um to Bass Minister D, and we talked about why I changed the name. Um we talked about me changing the name of my YouTube to the Gospel of Bath. What you can expect um in the near future on my YouTube, the Gospel of Bath. I'm definitely gonna be dropping um a new episode on um Tackle on um my main um gear setups, my, my bait caster reels and rods just because I got two new um Leviathan rods. Leviathan rods is made by Eric Gomez. He's faith based. Um his company is faith based. Um have you ever owned a rod that you know for a fact somebody prayed over? Like yeah, he's that guy. Um and so I'm gonna do a YouTube uh, episode on my gear. Um, but specifically it's at the end of it. I'm going to end up talking about my latest two rods, pieces of equipment, which is a Leviathan rod, eight foot swim, but swim bait rod and a seven foot three crankbait rod. Um, and so that'll be something coming up here. One of my next episodes on YouTube. Uh, I started my YouTube last September. So I'm, I'm about what 14 months in. And I have, I think, 43 episodes, so I can certainly re- respect the grind of your podcast. Um, I had no intentions of, like, doing, like, an episode per week or episode per month. It just so happened that that's the way that God has made it work out for me. It's averaged out to about um, an episode a, a month. Um, or I'm sorry, a- actually, about two episodes a month. I'm just over um, a year and I'm quick, quickly approaching um, 50 episodes. I'm I'm on 43 episodes. Um, And so, yeah, if I did one a month, that would be, I did 20, like 25 episodes the first uh, year on YouTube. And so I think it averaged out to like two per month. And so that's, pretty much the pace is like funny how God works. Like I, I didn't plan on that. That's just how my content has been coming. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to do an episode on my equipment, um, specifically featuring the biasing rods. Uh, and then I'm going to do an episode to piggyback on this podcast um, just to kind of highlight a couple of the things that we talked about. I've never done this before. Um, never had an interview like this before. And so you captured me, uh, in a very raw essence. Um, and I, I'm just super excited to, to hear how it comes out. Uh, I really am, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm excited. And so yeah, I'll, I'll be dropping a YouTube episode to kind of piggyback on it. I'll probably reference your podcast in my YouTube. Um, just to kind of, kind of spread the love. Um, so people can hear um the podcast, hear our interview. Um and yeah, kind of give you some exposure. Uh and so yeah, that that's coming up on the Gospel of Bath. Um and as far as Instagram, um I'll give you something top secret that is just being released um here on your podcast.
1: All right. Bath
0: Minister D and the Gospel of Bath will have merchandise will have faith-based merchandise in the very, very, very near future. Um, that's something I've been working on behind the scenes. I've given some teasers. I've mentioned it a couple of times in my story uh, and on YouTube, but I haven't spoke uh, in depth about it. Um, so that is something that you can expect. Um, you will definitely be on my list. There will be a list of people that will get the merchandise before I start selling it. Um, Because again, it's about purpose. Uh, I certainly want to see a certain type of person in it. Not that it's exclusive to a certain type of person, but I want to see a certain type of person in it. And so you will certainly be getting one at that. Going to happen here in the new f- near future in the next ninety days. Um, Bass Minister D um, and the Gospel of Bass will have merchandise. Awesome! You heard it here first. You heard I it, here heard first. it
1: here first. That's what I'm Vision talking podcast. about. Awesome! So, um, I
0: I'm super excited about that too, man. I just want you to know <laughs> that merchandise is something I'm really, really stoked about, man.
1: Absolutely, just I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to rep it. Um. alright so do you have uh, any sponsors or supporters you want to give a shout out to
0: absolutely man Um Leviathan Rod first and foremost we share some things in common we're we're we both grew up in Central Texas um and it's one major major thing that we have in common the other major thing is we both believe in God um we both believe in Jesus Christ we belong we both believe in praying. Like, um, I've had one business interaction with Leviathan Rods and going forward, I'll be on his pro staff and I'll be representing Leviathan Rods. So you will hear more about Leviathan Rods and our relationship going forward. But yeah, I've had one business interaction with him and it's led to me owning two rods valued at over um six hundred dollars and I've talked to him three times on the phone. Um and then when I say him, Eric Gomez, the owner of Leviathan Rides, and all three times that I've talked to him on the phone, we prayed. Um he prayed for me the first two times and the last time when I talked to him last week on the phone, we actually prayed together.
1: And that's awesome.
0: that is the kind of people that I'm trying to if I'm gonna do business and represent a product that the kind of people that I I want to be down with, the kind of companies that I want to represent, um, for sure. The kind of product that I want to represent, and so shout out to Eric Gomez and Leviathan Rods on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. Um, it's Leviathan Rods or Eric Gomez, and then shout out to Big Fish Bullies, man. Big Fish Bullies is another faith-based, uh, faith-based company in the fishing industry. Um, and they're actually a guide uh, business, a group of guides out of Arizona, um, but they have merchandise. Um, and so I'm not just going to put them under that umbrella of being a guide. They do all kind of things. They give back to the community. They donate to autism. Um, they're involved in um, like mentally uh, autistic people or mentally retardated um, disabled, I don't, I don't know what the correct political term is, um, but that's something that they're involved in. Definitely autistic people, uh, autistic children, they give a lot back to the community. And then, like, yeah, they have merchandise. You, you guys see me um, with the Big Fish Bullies gear on. That is an organic and authentic relationship, and um, it was really, really simple. They liked the way that I vibed on social media, and I like their brand and what their brand represented. I I like big bass, I like to catch big bass, I like swim bait. Um, and so they're out in Arizona, that's something they do. Their brand big fish bully is that's kinda what it's about. Um, is bullying the fish, you know. Um, and they're faith based, you know. Um, and when I researched who they were and what they um represented, what they stood for it was a no brainer. Like I already liked it. It was catchy. And I went and looked at the gear. The gear I really liked the way that it looked, you know, it was aesthetically pleasing. Um, but then we started cultivating a, a professional relationship, which is the relationship we have now. And so, yeah, shout out to big fish bullies, man. If you don't have any big fish bullies gear, definitely go get you some gear, get you a shirt, a hat, do something. man. They're awesome. Awesome people out of Arizona, man. Um, they there they would be a great interview for you, either one of them, um Justin or Josh. Um but yeah, shout out to Big Fish Bullies, man. Um Double Digit Bass is Justin and um, Big Bass Bully is Josh. Only shout outs I got, man. That's it. That's it.
1: All right, and um You've uh we've mentioned it a lot already. Um, but uh do you have anything other than Instagram and YouTube that you want to plug?
0: Uh man, you you can find me on any of the main social media platforms. I'm on TikTok, Bass Minister D. Um, I'm on Facebook, Dwayne Win, um, and Instagram you know, everything starts with Instagram, you know, um, Bass Minister D or you can find me by my real name, Dwayne Wynn. Um, and there's a link to my YouTube channel on there, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, those are my main platforms. Everything with me starts, uh, with Instagram. That's kind of where I started and, uh, and then it leads to YouTube. And so, yeah, if you find me on Instagram, and you need anything, yeah, that's the best place to reach me, and that's where I hang out at the most, for sure.
1: All right. Well, uh, Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I have had a blast. It's been an awesome interview, um, and I am looking forward to getting this one ready, man.
0: It's been my pleasure, man. Um, I thank God for you. I thank God for your purpose. Um, i think you I, I certainly think that you found your own your own lane um, i think it's something that's needed um, there's a need for it um, i i definitely want to help and see you grow to where it becomes a thing to be on your podcast like yeah that's the thing is to get on if you're in faith and god <laughs> faith and fishing podcast is a place to go man and so um I thank God for you, man. I'm praying for you um, and, and your wife uh, and your expected little one, you know, um, blessings and safety and protection over you and, and your life and, and what you're doing, man. Um, I'm really appreciative and I'm really, really grateful. Um, this is may not be a big deal to you, but it's a very, very big deal to me. Something I took really seriously um, and you got me in a raw, authentic form and and a and captured in a way that nobody else has ever captured me. And so I was super excited and totally honored uh to be a guest on um your podcast and I look forward um to your future guests, man and just catching up on um your previous episodes man like yes yeah, this is really awesome. Um thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I just want you to know that um certainly praying for you on a daily. Uh, I'm very appreciative Um, I want you to know that what you're doing has a lot of purpose behind it, um, to take it seriously and keep doing it, man. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks again to Dwayne for coming on the show and sharing his testimony with us. I hope y'all got as much out of his story as I did. As always, links to be able to find this episode's guest on social media will, will be in the show notes. And if you don't follow him already, make sure you go follow him now. As always, links to 413 Lure Company, Save Your Outdoors, Faith in Fishing, and that $10 discount on your First Mystery Tackle box will also be in the show notes. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to reach out to one of the amazing pastors in your community or in this fishing community if you have questions about faith. Y'all take care and God bless.